Hey everyone, I'm Joe. And I'm Jamil. And we're Brothers Who Teach. Welcome everyone to episode 32 of Brothers Who Teach. Jamil, what's going on? I'm interviewing today from Charleston, South Carolina on the back end of spring break doing the actual vacation part of it very nice yes and i am into i'm just beginning week two of my spring break these these two week spring vacations i'll tell you what it's something pretty nice right oh yeah did you did you fill out a bracket i did um it's i guess could be worse considering all the carnage that's happened but it is not too pretty just at the moment. I, I think this is the worst bracket I've ever filled out. <laughs> um, I'm I'm almost at 50% for the first round. I had Purdue in the final. Oh my gosh. I had Arizona in the Elite Eight. It's yeah, it's, yeah. it's bad. And you're about to have kind of the opposite vacation I am. I'm at the beach and you're about to get up into the snow. I am going skiing today. That's true. But um in a couple of days, I'm flying down to Florida. Okay. Mom and dad, and uh, we're gonna go watch some tennis. So I'm nice. That a lot. Um, you want to tell us about who we interviewed? Yeah. Well, so me, I guess who you interviewed? Right. Yeah. T- t- this is gonna be an interesting pod. I've actually already done the interview. Uh, I got to interview my local barber, and Joe unfortunately wasn't available for that. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna play you the interview here. And then we'll come back to real time and Joe and I will discuss uh, what we talked about. So without any further ado, let's, well, actually a little further ado, a little ado, Joe, this is my barber. Maybe talk a little bit about how you knew him as well. Yes. And to avoid any further confusion, the name of the barber is Joe. (laughs) Yeah. Um. The only experience I had with him is the day of your wedding, you had all the groomsmen come over and you had Joe and his wife uh, cut our hair and give us shaves. That's right. And I'll talk about that a little bit on the pod too. But just to say, my brother actually kind of knows who this guy is. He's not a a total stranger to him. Kind of like last week when we had um, Mr. Euler on. Joe right. kind of know him a little bit too. So anyway, with no further ado, here's the interview with Joe Rollies, aka Joe the Barber. Okay, everyone, I am here with my friend and barber, Joe. Uh, is Joe Rollies? Is that Rollies, how you? Yes, Joseph Rollies. I've never said your last name before because <laughs> I just go in and get my hair cut. But uh, this is funny. I also put you in my phone as Joe, and then. I put down your business like Clipper dash comb, so it shows up in my contacts as Joe Clipper comb. So yeah. like half the time when I when I'm talking to my wife or whatever, I'm like I'm gonna go talk to Joe Clipper comb. She's like, yeah. Usually so. I look at my clients' phones when we're sending each other like, oh hey, send me this link or something or an idea or whatever, and I'll look and it's always Joseph or Joe the barber. Joe, <laughs> Joe the barber, barber. That's right. Joe barber. Joe stuff. the barber. That's cool. <laughs> Joe the barber has come to the Brothers Who Teach podcast um, a while ago. Well, let me not, I don't want to jump ahead. Let me tell you a little bit about Joe the Barber. He is by far the best barber I've ever had, for real. Um, 
it's not just because he gives out free drinks and stuff, but he, <laughs> he does a really good haircut. He is flexible about like if I have adjustments or anything I want to make. He remembers my style in general. But the bonus is like not just the hot cream, but he does a really good shave of the neck. And also you get like the the hot rags and stuff. And it's a the really hot. comfortable experience as well as like a really sharp haircut. A traditional hot shave. Yeah. Hot towels, lather. Yeah. all that good so, stuff. So, and to prove that point, when I got married, I, I had a gift for my groomsmen was to get them all haircuts at Joe's uh, business, the, clip, the Clipper and Comb, and that was a really great time the day of my wedding. It was yeah, awesome. that was awesome. You had your whole crew there. Everybody was having a drink, getting some shaves, and I think you guys ended up having some hot chicken right after. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was, it was like, a really cool time. I yeah. wish I could have done something like that for my wedding. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it was a great time. Thank and then, you for saying that, too. Oh, I mean, no, of I course. Mean, Jamil, you're an awesome client. You're a citizen client. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, when I, first, yeah. when I first moved to Asheville, like one of the first things I did was like try to find a barbershop. And luckily enough, you and your wife had just started not much before that. And so we kind of like moved into this place at the Around same the time. the same time, a couple months from each other. Yeah. 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 So it's been like five years now. It's crazy. Yeah, almost. Honestly, it, what, it's closer to six now. Yeah, it is. Like. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's yeah, wild. Yeah. Um, but... I think like a year ago, when I was getting my hair cut by you, you talked about someone had offered you the chance to teach bar- barber lessons or like yeah, to yeah. teach so, classes. So yeah, Asheville is limited on barber schools out here. And I know AB Tech finally, after years of trying to get it approved, they approved a barber course. Okay. Now there's only one instructor over there. There's only so many stations. From what I heard, I think within the first day of the release of... I guess an application to uh, go to barber school. Um, there was already fifty people in one day that signed up, yeah. and they actually ended up having to put people on a wait list, which is crazy to think for a barber school. Yeah. Where I'm from, they're everywhere. They're not everywhere, but they're pretty accessible out here to come to find out. Closest to Asheville, I think it was like three hours away. Wow. So imagine having to drive three hours before that. Yeah. So AB Tech did a good job. Um, but come to find out, our neighbor right in the middle of our street <laughs> is actually one of the barber instructors. And, okay. Uh, we, we talk, you know, cool with a couple of neighbors over here. And she was telling me, hey, we really need another barber, especially a night one. It's, yeah. You know, it'd work perfect if, you know, you're working during the day, you got to run your shop and then maybe come teach us at night. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. I really considered it because one of the biggest things that I miss are sometimes was lacking throughout barber school was a dedicated teacher or an instructor you know one of the instructors that was good he was always having to take a leave for a month or two and then we get you know a substitute instructor that really wasn't good (laughs) that made it really uh demotivating and you know there was a couple times where i almost wanted to leave school because we weren't doing anything because the teacher just was that bad yeah so you know i had thought about that like hey yeah that would be cool to teach school but yeah like I talk to you, I don't know anything about teaching. You know, yeah. I know how to cut hair. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it kind of scared me to think, hey, you know, you're going to be in charge of 40 adults. Right. Let alone their future. You know? Right. <laughs> so, so you yeah. You, yeah, you brought that up to me and that kind of got something going in my head, both thinking about this podcast, but also thinking about like how we want to do more career day and talk to people outside of edu- education field. This is kind of a nice mashup. So before we go further in like, you talking about becoming a teacher at a barber school potentially, or are you talking about your um, experience as a barber? Let's go back a little bit. So okay. talk to me about maybe even high school and whenever you got the 
the direction in life to, I think I'm going to go into, yeah. into being a barber and, and tell me, t- take me from there to you starting Clipper and Comb in Asheville. Okay, cool. During my teenage years, always was into, I guess, punk rock, the, you know, the punk scene, a little edgier and stuff. So every time I'd go to the barber shop to get a mohawk or, yeah. you know, get a really cool cut, spiky hair, whatever it is, notice the vibe in there. Everybody was always talking. People had tattoos, cool music, air conditioning, all that good stuff. So you weren't uh, going to like sports clips no, or whatever. No, you know what? <laughs> when I was uh, when my family before we they both my both my parents got really decent jobs. I mean, I was getting home haircuts as oh, long okay. as I can remember until yeah. I cried one time when my mom messed up my <laughs> hair. <laughs> and she was like, "Okay, we got to start paying for this." Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. But throughout the years, every time I did go to an actual barber shop, my dad would take us to. You know, it was always cool. He'd leave happy, and you know, I, one thing I noticed was all the people in there, their style, and the way the customers left happy. Yeah. And barbers at the time, you know, it was just a cash business, so a lot of people had cash in hand. You know, oh, so yeah, I okay, always okay. thought like that'd be cool, that'd be cool, man. Like, ah, you know, I'd be my own boss. You right, know, right. so um, and I was always about working. Um, so when I turned eighteen, applied for barber school. I, they just opened up a new one called WBI in Lancaster, California. And I lived in Palmdale, a little town, five minutes next to it. So it wasn't that bad of a drive. Applied for it. Um, got accepted pretty dang fast. And it was pretty cool because I was maybe the ninth or tenth person in that class. And okay. by the time I graduated, there was probably 60, 70 people in the class. Wow. And still a waiting list to go in. Yeah. You know, so, uh, our school was really cool. But, um, yeah, so... Applied. That was cool, but I was 18, still needed to work. So going through school, barbering, I guess Monday through Friday, something like 8, 8.30 to 3.30, I actually worked at a Taco Bell in the same parking lot of oh, barber wow, school. Okay. Yeah, I went there on lunch one time telling the manager, hey, I, work, I go to school right here. I can come here right after work. Yeah. No excuses. I'll never bail. Yeah. I need a job. I got a car. Right. I need to pay for school, you know, like... My parents helped me out a little bit, but yeah. I was becoming an adult, so yeah. I had to do it on my own, you know? Um, and the class-wise, like, how were you as a student in high school versus how were you as a student in barber school? Did a lot of things transfer over, or was no, it totally no, different? No, completely different, and I don't know if it was just the area that I was at. Um, honestly, uh, not to uh, put out too much information, but, you know, I... I was a little knucklehead back then. I'd get in a lot of fights, you know, never wanted to be at school, always wanted to get a job. I think by 15 and a half, I got my first job selling like newspapers for some company and it was just commission. Then I got a job at Walmart and then, you know, so on and so forth. I ended up just, you know, going and get my dang GED because I was working so much by I think 17, 18 at most. And that's when I wanted to just join barber school. I was just yeah. like, I already know what I want to do. I don't yeah. need any of this crap. I want to be a barber, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I want to be a barber. Why do I need to know history to cut yeah. hair? So, and it seems like you probably learned as much, if not more, from the jobs you had as much as just, just what, what you were doing in high yeah, school. Yeah. yeah, knowing how to interact with people, knowing what to say, not to say, caring about how you present yourself. Yeah. How, you know, those were real-life experiences that they never taught me in... in 
our high school, you yeah. know, like, they yeah, yeah, teach, yeah. teach you how to freaking write a letter, let alone, <laughs> you know, yeah. present yourself right. Yeah. You know, the teachers didn't care. So why should the students? Yeah. You know? I got so you. it was kind of a sad situation, but you know, unless you were playing sports, you weren't really going anywhere with my school. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us about barber school then. Okay, cool. So, you know, when I started off again, it was a small class, a couple people, were already barbering for years. They just needed a barber legitly okay. with a license because, right, right. you know, you need a license to cut. Um, some people were new, just like me, straight out of school, just first thing going. Um, and it was okay. In the beginning, um, we had a really good teacher. His name uh, was Mr. Corbett. Okay. I mean, he was awesome. He had a rough past uh, as well, but he turned it around. He ran plenty of successful barber schools and stuff, but... Some stuff would happen to him here and there, and he'd end up disappearing, and we get a, you know, uh, just substitute barber yeah. teacher. I think we have nothing wrong to say about cosmetologists, but the cosmetologist was a beauty salon, so yeah. we'd have a cosmetologist instructor trying to teach a barber class. Yeah. She barely knowing what she's doing, or he barely yeah. knowing what he's doing, reading off some book. It just felt yeah. so generic. He wouldn't care. All you had to do was clock in, leave, make sure to come back to clock out. Yeah. It was very, that's where I say demotivating. So every time he was in the class, it'd get a little tough. But once our other teacher would come back from whatever the issue was that he was dealing with, it was back on. He was structured. He had you working 24-7. It was busy. There was a lot of requirements at uh, Barber School. I think in California, it's 750 haircuts, okay. um, 80 straight shaves, and then a couple other services yeah. that you got to get signed off per service. Wow. You know, so And you got 1,500 hours to do that. Yeah. And then if you miss a day, you got to make up those eight hours on your own outside of school hours. So, you know, yeah. you miss a couple of days because you were sick or hurt. You can imagine yeah. all that time. So it got tough. It got tough, but it was a good experience. Uh, there were some crazy times, again, somewhat in the, what, I would say the ghetto. And yeah. so there's some people with fights here and there, mm -hmm. you know, people messing around playing dice in the background while the, the other half of the class is trying to learn. And mm -hmm. it was very frustrating, you know, yeah. those are the things that could be demotivating. But yeah. Overall, it was a lot of experience, a lot of practice. I learned a lot of good things to do and not to do over yeah. there. And overall, I wouldn't change it for a thing. Well, yeah. all those all those haircuts and shaves, those are basically like practice runs. Like yes. you, you're not getting paid for any of those, right? No, I'm getting hours for those. I'm getting, getting hours, checks right. for those. Yeah. So uh, every time I do a haircut, checking it off. Yeah, seven forty nine, seven forty eight. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I mean, oh man, it was tough and. Mind you, we didn't have every student in the class didn't have 750 clients just walking in sure. off the street. No one wants to take a chance of getting your hair jacked <laughs> yeah. up by some someone that's learning. Yeah, right, right, right. So it was really hard to get people in, but you know, we'd get for the most part, it was either like dollar haircuts or like Monday, Wednesday, Friday were free to come yeah. in to get your cut. Yeah. So we'd be busy at times, and there was a lot of programs, schools that would come in on a bus, and we'd practice, and it was cool. Um, and then you know. As stupid as it sounds, the doll head was your best friend. It oh, yeah, haircuts, practice on Practicing uh -huh. long haircuts, angle cuts, bob cuts, all yeah. that. You know, it's very rare that a client will come in with long hair, but it does happen. Yeah. You know, and you got to be prepared for all that stuff. So right. that's where you can make up some of your spare time and um, all that. But yeah. You mentioned the cosmeto cosmetologist would sometimes take over for the substitute. Would you all were there cosmetology things you had to learn as well as like barbering, quote unquote? So honestly, there again with that's where those long haircuts came in. Uh, they're called like ninety or sixty degree angle cuts. They're uh -huh. just 
pulling the hair up and angling it a different way. Yeah. I, I would say cosmetologists do that. That's mainly their thing, long hair, angled yeah. cuts and all that. And then, believe it or not, I think it's more of like a curly-haired African-American thing, but we learn how to do permanent waves. Like, so oh, okay. If you wanted jerry curls yeah. or, or wanted your hair straightened, we had to learn that chemical process. Okay. But it was weird. We only had to do, uh, perform a section of it on the doll's head to okay. the point where it was just like, okay, I could do it. There's yeah. four rolls right there. You could see it's holding. Okay, yeah. bye. You know, yeah. but never in my life have I ever had a client that over the 10 years of barbering have I ever had anybody <laughs> come in and be like, give me the fro. You right, know? right, so, right. I, so yeah. yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, but barbering, I mean, in general, it was kind of scary because they didn't actually teach you how to cut in barber school. All that was from experience of huh. either messing up on people, watching people. Other barbers would help each other out. Honestly, a good chunk of my learning was from the dude that used to cut my hair. I met him in barber school. Yeah. Talked to him. He's like, I've been cutting hair for years. Just trying to do it legit. Yeah. I opened up my own barber shop one day. Blah, blah, blah. So what would the classes be if they're not teaching you how to cut? Well, so the first part would be theory because, you know, the barber a state board, the test I think was two or 300 questions. Wow. And you had to get a good chunk of them right. Yeah. And then it would be applications like not a lot of people know. People think, hey, uh, let me ask you a question. How many steps do you think is in a shave? In a shave, like uh, um, a shave, like when you shave yourself, yeah, how yeah, many yeah. angles do you think you, you know? Well, I, I I know from talking to you, I don't shave correctly. Like, yeah, I, exactly, I, most I, people don't. And I don't know, go according to the books, but uh, like ten, I don't know. Okay, 10, yeah, close, close. I you know we yeah. have talked about that, but yeah, there's uh, fourteen. Uh, if unless it's changed, I believe there's fourteen steps to a shave. Okay? okay, so and each step you have to hold the blade at a certain angle. Okay, you know there's four different angles wow. that you got to hold it depending the direction of the hair that's yeah. going. A lot of people won't realize that, but you know, you look at the bottom of your neck, a lot of people that have beards, their hair will go up, yeah. part of their neck will go down, and that's where those steps come in yeah, and right. the angles and blah, blah, blah. So we'd be practicing shaves on each other. And best believe when you're starting out, you're not shaving fast. You're taking, you're oh, slower yeah. than a, you know, snail on a turtle. You know, you're taking, <laughs> you do not want to cut anybody because that same person's going to be shaving you next. You oh, know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of times it was just practicing theory, getting ready for state board, you know, practicing, getting our bag together for state board. If our tools weren't packed right and everything wasn't sanitized right, they'd fill you right there on the spot. It took three months to schedule your state board test out there. So if you wow. failed right there on the spot, you'd have to wait another three months. And that's school, you know, you yeah. not being able to work, you right. just sitting there, you right. screwed, you know? So it was a lot of stuff how to pass state board instead of learning how to cut hair. Okay. Yeah. So the learning to cut was happening while you were literally learning doing to cut. cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you maybe once in a while if a client, I mean, a student wanted to get a haircut and then teacher was really motivated like like i said our first instructor he could fade all day he can do any kind of cut he was actually he owned a salon and a barber shop a combined one he'd be able to do two women's hair while doing a skin no fade way. on the side and be doing all this <laughs> dude would clear about two grand a day when he was doing it but he ended up having kids needed uh, benefits needed more than just fast cash yeah. so uh our first instructor he knew how to cut you know he would show you hey this is what you got to do right. Learn it. You got to actually do it yourself. I can only show you so much. The other people, cosmetologists, yeah. they wouldn't even get close to a skin fade. You, right, you right, had long right. hair. Yeah, they jump in <laughs> and maybe show you something, but no one had long hair out yeah. there in LA. Yeah. You know, it was all yeah. short buzz cuts or you know, little gentleman's cuts. So, so the the ideal instructor, what made him good was that he 
he knew his stuff first off. It sounded like like others would read from a book, but he could just t- talk to you about yeah. it. But he also was disciplined, and like he, you felt like he was really instructing you as, it, and instead of just like babysitting you, he would he would give you oh. feedback. He would oh. hold you accountable for what you were doing. Even timeliness. I mean, put it in an example. We had a punch guard. Yeah. So there were certain breaks we could take, but you had to go and punch it out, and you're only allowed it a certain amount of time. I mean, if you were a minute over that time, he would make you clock out for the day, whether really? it was 12, 1, whatever. And if you missed those hours, that was on you and you had to go make that up. He had respect for the class. He always, he never tr- treated you dumb, never yeah. treated you like a punk, never treated you like an idiot, but he re- expected you to respect his class. Yeah. And as long as you did that, he would help you 100%. So yeah, yeah he was more um, structured and motivating, should I say. Yeah. Yeah. Opposed to one of the cosmetologist teachers, and I mean, not to say anything bad, but man, I just remember one time we had a cosmetologist female teacher, and in a room full of dudes, yeah, you know, it get, gets a little weird. And I remember half the time the lady was more worried about flirting with half the barbers oh, in there. I'm like, yeah. I'm sitting there at my station, staring at a doll head, trying yeah. to learn what to do, and I'm looking out, seeing this instructor flirting with one of the students. <laughs> How motivating do you right, think right, that right, is? Right. You know, I mean. I, I hate to say this. I mean, uh, I, whoever hears this or whatnot, I, I was only 18 when I was in school. So there was a point in time where it was so bad and instructors sucked and the class was so wild. I was sitting there and I went to, you know, the dean of the school, went in their office. She's like, I'm in the media. I'm like, I don't care. I need to talk to you now. Hmm. You know, I'm like, people over here, you know, gambling in the back, teachers are... You know, flirting with the students. I mean, whatever. I, you know, never get in the way of that. But when it's uh, affecting my education, yeah. no one cares. I'm spending this money on it. My parents are helping me with this. Yeah. You know, my time and everything. And it feels like I was to the point where I'm like, I feel like quitting. I'm like, this could be the last. Th- I don't want to quit this. This yeah. is the why I left everything else. I mean, this was my everything. I'm like, I'm getting teary eyed telling this lady that I don't even know. Like, right. I want to learn. And this, you know, this is BS. And, yeah. You know, they got that teacher back. Everybody, that was the final straw. You know, if I didn't go in there, I mean, there was student after student asking for Mr. Corbett back. And yeah. there was just always a problem. And, um, we finally got him back. School got in gear, graduated, and, you know, was uh, happy. I had all yeah. my family there. I had my friends there. All the students there threw me up so high. When I got my graduation, I hit the roof. Yeah. You know, I actually knocked out a ceiling in the roof because they, you know, <laughs> we were celebrating yeah. so much. So yeah, yeah, it ended yeah. up being cool. But, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's a couple of things. I mean, one, I was going to say you talking about Mr. Corbett. Yeah, Corbett. Right? Yeah. As, a, as an ideal teacher, like, a lot of those things, I think, transfer, like, that would also make a good teacher in a high school. Yeah. But <laughs> some things don't don't transfer over. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. High school, when you're dealing with students that are younger than you, you don't have to worry about the flirty yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. But when you've you got grown but adults. School, it's, yeah, yeah, adults, adults, that, that changes the dynamic. And when, you're attached, <laughs> and when you're attached to a beauty school, so you got all yeah. the... And it reminds you, this was the first barber school. So you had a hundred... Uh, stylist, 100 yeah. cosmetologists to 10 guys in there, you know? So you could yeah. see how distracting it would get. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was cool that you could conversate with some girls right, on break right, right. and make friends. And it wasn't always about right. being a dog or anything, but <laughs> it could easily be distracted. But once it starts starting off to where the teachers were sneaking out with the students yeah. for oh, yeah, quote yeah. unquote smoke breaks, right. and you're like, come on, yeah. you're supposed to be teaching me here. Yeah, right here. Exactly. And that's, you know, I guess what really pissed me off too, because I was at the age where I don't think. 
I had to do, I was so young when I started that school, I didn't even do my first taxes yet. So when okay, I, yeah. my parents had to co-sign for that school, yeah. I had to go buy my parents' tax return. So my school, uh, barber school, ended up uh, costing me like 12 or 13 grand because I had to report what my parents made because there was co-signing. Oh, okay. And yeah. you know what? Uh, little side note, not to, again, keep rambling, that school actually, the day I got my barber license, believe it or not, they got shut down for embezzlement and fraud. The dean <laughs> was actually taking everybody's student aid over there yeah. or some crap like yeah. that, and they ended up having to shut down. So I'm so glad I ended up getting my license when I did and yeah, finished just it in and time. whatnot. Yeah, but... Um, and then you would find out some of the people that were in there that were ghetto and playing. It doesn't matter race or color mm-hmm. or whatever they were. The situation was they were either eating in the back, playing dice, on their phone the whole time, smoking out there. You find out they paid $500, $1,000 for barber school yeah. because their income was so low. So. Yeah. So having me being motivated, spending right, twelve, right, thirteen right. grand on this crap, and then having someone that doesn't even yeah. care because it cost them five hundred dollars, yeah. it was very frustrating, yeah. you know. So that'd but, be what, another thing that would bother me. Too. But that's that's also props to you for like kind of advocating. I mean, you you kind of saw like not just the money, but just like this is a waste of my time. Like if you're not like, I want to have a better product than this. And I mean, in some ways, you're lucky that the Mr. Corbett came back. Yeah. But you also, you think about that for like education in general, like that sets up so many people for failure when you don't have a disciplined environment or when people are unmotivated and the teacher's not motivating them either. So you can just see how that can spiral for people. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, when it, when it comes to talking bad about teachers, I feel like I can't say last names, but I remember this one Mm -hmm. dude that was, would substitute a lot for our barber school. And there was one time he came in an hour late to class and he came in, he's like, sorry guys, I'm hungover right now. I'm like, I'd like to be hungover right now. I would have liked to come in an hour late. Oh, that's that normal though. I do that every Monday. I know, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not a normal tor- teacher thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yikes. So I'm like, man, you know, like I've been sitting here with my thumb up my butt waiting for you, you know? <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. So th- those are like the situations that yeah. was very disappointing in school. So yeah. that's why when I was... You know, someone offered to uh, go yeah. apply for that instructor, and, and I guess position, should mm-hmm. I say. And it was really exciting at one point. But then again, half those, st- I don't know how many times where a student got upset about the instructor being pissed off because yeah. he was two minutes late uh, and he clocked him out. Or he was about yeah. to fight the instructor, you yeah. know, go up and like, is that one I want to be dealing with a bunch of knuckleheads? <laughs> at least find a little more experience and see that was a cool yeah. thing about Mr. Corbett. He's been through it. So anytime someone got tough with him, yeah. he knew how to handle it the right way without looking like a sissy or right, getting right, walked right, on right. without it turning physical, right. you know? So that was one of the cool things. And that's where I was trying to tell you, I'm like, how do you deal with some of the people, you know? I mean, you, all I see in videos are kids disrespecting their teachers yeah. and, you know, fighting. And I know every kid isn't like that because we cut some pretty dang good kids at the shop. Yeah. But, you know dealing with grown adults that I, I get those little PTSD moments where yeah. I'm, the class is just going wild and everybody's doing what they want. Literally yeah. like I'm just picturing these guys that l- clocked in, went and they were barbecuing in the parking lot <laughs> with a charcoal grill oh my gosh. and no one did anything yeah, about yeah, it. They yeah. came in, clocked in and they were just out there drinking the yeah. whole time. Do I really yeah. want to go over there and yeah. tell a grown, even though that's not right. the situation out here, but no. yeah. Well, I think that's like, if you do end up pursuing this in the future, I think a big thing is like understanding the, 
the culture, one that you want to set, and then what culture the school has or can allow. Like if you go in and say, look, I want to, I want to set up a really, uh, fine tuned shop. I don't like if people are late, I want them to, I want there to be punishments for that. Here's what I would like to do. It, it just to give it a couple examples. And if they're like, absolutely of go for it, then you feel like you have the backing of the administration. If they're like, no, we like to handle things differently or whatever, just being upfront with the administration. Cause if they have your back, it gives you a lot more freedom as a teacher of like, I don't have to take any crap from anybody. So let's talk about you've done, you finished barber school with all the ups and downs, whatever. Yeah. Talk about how you got to one starting your own business and then eventually getting to Asheville and doing yeah, what you're okay. doing now. So progress, you know, went from LA to this area called Valencia, then this area even up more north uh, in California, a little ritzier area that I was cutting at at this place called the Handlebar Barbershop where I um, met my wife, Ashley. Awesome, and, man. you know, we started off as friends there. We both worked there for five years. Um, and, you know, things, you work close with someone, mm-hmm. they end up saying that you end up marrying your best friend. And we were just really good friends before yeah, that awesome. without anything happening. And mm-hmm. it just worked out. So knowing that we both love the barber industry and knowing that we could be with each other five days out of the week without yeah. getting into it That's all right. day, right. you know, um, we were just kind of looking at the situation and Ash's family was all out here. You know, mm-hmm. we, we visited a couple times for the most part, things were great. You know, there's a little ro- uh, speed bump here, a little speed bump there, but for the most part we were digging Asheville and all yep. that. And, um, I guess we got out here when the getting was still good. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we came in at, we got our house at the right price. And when we're looking at the house, there was a spot right down the sh- not even a minute away, you know, right next yep. to Rockies that had a for rent sign. So we're like, that'd be awesome if that house and the barbershop could get approved around the same time. Yeah. And, you know, we just did it at the right time where we both got approved and we just went for it. Yeah. You know, uh, thank God that we had the f- support of all our family to help mm-hmm. us through it, through good times, bad times, yeah. all that good stuff. But it, we, Ash and I had talked one time when we were sitting in California. We're like, hey, we need to be living in a condo working for someone that, mm. you know, is taking more than what they should from our commission. <laughs> you know, like, you uh-huh. know, this guy's not even cutting hair. Uh-huh. And, you know, he's making all the big bucks off of it. So we're like, hey, um, it, a little side note, you know, what was funny is that the barbershop that we worked at before, we had offered to take that name. We had offered to build out the shop, put the money into it, all that stuff. And all we wanted to do was use that name and be like, hey, you could benefit yeah. for it. Just say, we're, you know, we cut yeah. good. We know we're going to treat it right. Yeah. They're like, yeah, no, nah, nah, <laughs> I don't even think you guys should leave. You guys need yeah. to be here. And Ash and I, like, we're you know, out. people weren't even supporting yeah. us. And people were laughing at us like, oh, good luck in North Carolina. <laughs> well, look at it. Six yeah. years later, we got a house, a business that's booked out maybe yeah. a month in advance. They are booked and, out. Yeah, I have to yeah. book ahead yeah, when well, I go in and get my There's always space for you. But, you know, that went from us being so, you know, it's hard to find. Again, it's hard to find barbers out there. Mm. I mean, if there's any good barbers or that are listening to this or anybody that you know that wants a good shop to work at there's always a spot but um mm-hmm. with it just being ash and i people like to rebook and yeah. just get on a schedule so thankfully you know people stay on their schedule and we've had a lot of long clients like yourself yeah. you know to thank for our long yeah booking out i guess what, what did you learn from before you got your own shop or what what helped you feel like you were ready to be like, let's do this on our own now. 
You know what? Um, like I said, the position that we were at, um, California was getting really expensive, even though we were doing okay. We yeah. were still just always scraping by. Mm-hmm. We were looking, counting all the money that the one of the owners um, that was taking from us, and he wouldn't negotiate. What should I say? Negotiate, should I say? Sorry, getting yeah. tongue tied. No, Our good. commission. He would only yeah. do commission. Okay. Um, when we started off, it was like 60 40 him, or yeah. then 50 50. And then I had to like beg him one time. I'm like, dude, all your barbers are leaving. This is a good shop. I like it here. Ash yeah. likes it here. You know, you know, we're cool with you guys. Like, I got to be making more. You can't be getting 50% for just letting me use yeah. this booth. So he bumped me up to 60%. Yeah. But still, um, it wouldn't be like he didn't trust me. He didn't let me have a key to the shop. He didn't. I would always have to. We'd get there thirty minutes before they did, so they'd come in five minutes before the, yeah, we had yeah, opened. Yeah. So we'd only have five minutes to set up. Yeah, the towels weren't warm. You know, we yeah. learned some of the stuff not to do and what to do. Yeah, you know, they would when they were free and happy. They would treat their customers right, but. Ash and I like to come in early. A lot of barbers will tell you they like to come in at least 30 minutes early, get their stuff ready, get in the mode. No one just likes waking up and running. No one likes just getting in there. You want to get adjusted to your environment. So, I mean, those were some of the things that I learned not to do and to do over Mm there. Um, So there was a point where we're just like, man, we're following these guys' rules. And even though they were nice people, it just didn't seem appreciated. And I think everybody in America knows how... It feels not to yeah. be appreciated for your hard, loyal work. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. And Ash and I just wanted to take the step. It was now or never. Yeah. You know, we didn't want to be here now thinking like. Right. You know, back in. Six years later. Six right. years later, man, we should have made that job. What yeah. if? Yeah, it was a great at call. At least, knock on wood, at least if we failed, we tried. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So let's talk about the prospect of, of teaching. Let's say Joe Release gets to build out his own barber school with his own classes how would you design it in relation to the school you went to what would you keep and what would you do differently um honestly uh me personally um you know we talk there's a buddy out here without giving too much information um that's in the they got ties to the self-care industry and we do talk about trying to open up a spot out here a barber school um, with us running a business, our businesses ourselves, it's kind of hard to pull a full dedication. It would yeah. have to at least be night school or right. I'd have to hire someone at the barbershop. I guess what I would do different, though, if I was able to do it, I'd have the space. I'd make it strictly a barber school. Um, no side because the spot that I went at, you had the esthetician room, the nail tech room, the cosmetologist. Mm, yeah. And again, that could be a distraction with other <laughs> stuff, people right, running right, out, right. whatever. Um it would be but more the, focused. More focused. But the main thing I would have would be two instructors. Okay. The hardest thing was even if you had Mr. Corbett, that was an awesome kick-ass teacher, it was hard for him to tell everybody else. Not everybody yeah. was working on the same cut. Not yeah. everybody was that. Always have a good teacher. And if anything happened to him, at least you'd have a good backup instead of some random person. You'd have – I'd want two good instructors there, you know, dedicated, you know, just – there. That's one right. thing I see in a lot of schools. I mean, once in a while you'll have like a teacher's assistant and mm-hmm. would be another s- student that was pretty much done with their hours that were just killing time for extra time, yeah. you know? Um, but just two instructors, that'd be the, one of the things. Um, 
I'd be doing a day and night class, you know, uh, weekends, uh, as always. If you wanted to sign up, you got enough clients or students that wanted to come in to make up days on their weekends. Yeah. More than welcome to. Um, you know, one of the crappy things that made it hard for me while I had two jobs, I don't think I mentioned this in uh, the pre- previous thing. Um, I worked at Taco Bell yeah. and ran a paintball field during the weekend. So it was, <laughs> nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually, we'd get about five to 700 people a day over there that I was the head ref for. So going to school, Taco Bell at night, paintballing in the weekend, standing in 110 degree weather, all that. And the reason why I had to do all these somewhat fun and crappy jobs is because the student aid situation. Uh-huh. We got student aid, but it had to go straight to the school. Okay. And now maybe that was one of the reasons why they're right, not right, open right. to this it, day. It, it didn't actually but, have to. <laughs> you know, I'd like for uh, to find out a way to the students to the point where, hey, they can spend extra time at school and not have to worry about the job. Or right. they can have student aid to help them out to get the right tools because they only set you up with two basic clippers when you start off. And, yeah. you know, that was the biggest thing is trying to learn a craft with, you know, two basic starter stuff. It's yeah. like you trying to do a podcast with a normal tape recorder, <laughs> you know, like, and trying to edit yeah. and go back and rewind. Right, and, right, you know, right. it Literally work, cut you know? it up. Yeah. yeah, you know, so that there's a lot of benefits that I would do. I, I can't, I don't want to give too, too much details because, you know, it could be a possibility in the future yeah. of something actually happening. Yeah. There's like, it's just space, uh, mm-hmm. finding a building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, nah, giving the students, every student, the attention they deserve. That's what something I would do. Yeah. You know, if I could. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, that sounds great. Last one before we, we kind of wrap up. Do you have questions like for, for me or for my brother about, about teaching when you think about teaching things you want to know? Yeah. You're very well put together, Jamil. <laughs> that was one of the things that, uh, you know. Can you say I, that again? Let me yeah. make sure I get that in the recording. Very well put together. <laughs> You're well spoken, should yeah. I say. You know I'll how to that. be in any position and still get along with the guy. There could be an a-hole right there. and yeah. You could still be a good guy and not get into it and not let it bother you. And that's one of the things that I always wanted to know from you mm-hmm. guys. You know, I've asked him, like, how do you guys do it? How do you mm-hmm. guys handle this situation? But... You know, obviously you take your craft seriously mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. But that was one of the things is how do you present yourself better? I, that was one of yeah. the things is how, what class do I take to make that myself sound smarter, but a little more yeah. literate. Yeah. 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 I don't want to sound too slangish. Yeah. 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 A little more professional. And that yeah. was one of the biggest things is not people not being able to take me seriously. Yeah. And that's why I know people take you seriously is because you know, you know how to talk, right? You know yeah. how to interact with people. You don't. You don't have yeah. to cuss every other yeah, sentence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe that's yeah. just the barbershop life that I was raised right, into. Right, right. But yeah, you know, true. it's a little life. more edgier there. But I shouldn't yeah. have to be. You yeah. Know? Well, you've done pretty good on the podcast so far. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been trying. I've been trying. I think I let a hole slip once yeah. or twice. But um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great question. I think um, part of it is, and I think you you would maybe feel. Actually, you should feel more confident because part of it is like you. Just, I like I know what I'm about to be talking about. Like in my classes, I, I know my material, so I'm going to speak about it with confidence. And the students, if they're good students, they should be taking me seriously because they know they're about to learn something. And I think you you have that too. Like when you're t- t- going to barber school, you're in your element. And so even if it comes off a little slangy, if the students are legit, they're going to realize you know what you're talking about from your experience, from your success. And you should feel good about giving them any instruction because 
ultimately the other nice thing in the dynamic of the teacher to the student is one you're probably smarter than they are, or at least you know more than they do. <laughs> you, know, you know more than they do. They are, they are dependent on you to get from not knowing something to knowing what they need to know. And so if they're respectful, they, they should be ready to listen what you have to say. And so you can kind of lean on that, like one, be confident in what you know, and also be confident in the fact that like they need to know this stuff. And so like, that's the same thing with like kids acting out. It's like, you are hurting yourself right now. Like we have good information for you and we want you to do well but like you keep screwing around we can't help you anymore well you made a good point right there and that was another thing that i think we had touched down about is that you know your craft you know what you were going to be talking about you knew you know the job before you started the job you know right and me never teaching any anything at all besides you know instruction safety courses at a paintball field and <laughs> hey, all that's that something. Uh, yeah 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 so i know how to do but yeah i guess for a short period of time, I only had to do that a couple days out of the week, right, right, you know, right. all day, every day. Yeah. That's the, one of the things that's kind of scared yeah. me to the point where, okay, hey, I can get along with people. I know how to talk to people, but what do I have these guys doing? How, how mm. do I not make myself feel like, you know, make them feel yeah. the way I felt when I walked out of class and was about to quit, yeah. you know, because I was sitting there doing nothing. I don't want anybody yeah. being like, this is BS. Yeah. I don't want to be boring when I'm teaching. I'm like, I don't want, you know, people to learn yeah. and want to have fun yeah. learning this. You I'd know? Say, that was one of the biggest yeah. things that I had to concern. Well, I was going to say you're already off to a good start. Cause like if you're asking that question, that means you're going to be aware of how your class is going. You're going to be like you said, even before you want every student to feel like they're being, um, that you're paying attention to them. You want to, like you like what you've said is you want, if you run a school you're going to care about every student and that's going to come through and as the class is going you're going to have a sense and, and you'll just develop it the more you do it the more comfortable you'll get at it but you'll also get a sense of how is this going right now like is everyone bored out of their minds or like is everyone engaged and listening to me and awake and doing what they should be doing and and you'll feel it from there right if 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 you don't want your class to be boring, you'll notice if it is and you'll make adjustments to, to fix it. I got you. So I got you. That's, that's great advice. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I mean, yeah. that's why I like talking to you because, you know, I mean, throughout our cuts, you know, yeah. I, I ask you stuff here and there about that. And yeah. there's not a day that doesn't go by about wanting to teach, you mm-hmm. know, but is it going to get to the point where I got to leave my business behind yeah. to, you know. No, actually, take yeah. b- I take back everything I said. You shouldn't teach at all. <laughs> keep being a barber. I don't well, lose you. Know, you. <laughs> you know, a couple days, limited right, right, hours, right. you know. Right. Because I wouldn't want the students to have to suffer because of my <laughs> yeah. busy schedule, yeah. or me being too tired. Yeah. Or, you know, those are a lot of things, yeah. man. I mean, no, but I mean, you've. I think you. Would, I think you could do really well because you've set up a really strong business, and you guys, you and Ashley, are so professional that I think honestly, just telling people like here's how we set things up. Like that's going to be a huge lesson that students would benefit from. So well, thank you. I think, I think you could go for it. No. Uh, as long as you keep cutting my hair. No, of course. Yeah. Of right. course. <laughs> hey, and you know, you never know that night instructor thing isn't off yeah. the table. It Love could it. happen. Yeah. yeah. There's, uh, there's always a thought going by. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> well, last thing I, I, this puts you on the spot a little bit. And if we need to, no, no, what's up? Um, do you have a funny story of, barber school or being a barber that you could share on the air for us okay um 
So, <laughs> this is a little embarrassing. Uh, I was at a barbershop one time. Uh, this is very early in the game, like literally first or second year barbering. I think yeah. things are going good. Um, don't want to say at the barbershop it was that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, but um, I'm sure everybody knows if you've been to a barbershop, you've seen the the container of the blue juice there, the quats. That's yes. a, it's a cleaner. Um, that's actually very important. If you're at a barber station and you don't see that there, don't get your cut there. <laughs> yeah, it's a must-have. Yeah. Okay. Um, we throw our combs in there. We take the combs out. We wash them. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, went into the shop. Took the combs out of the blue stuff, washed the combs, put my combs away. Well, I guess I didn't dry a couple of the combs a little too much enough. So when I grabbed the cut, this guy was like, "Yeah, I'm super excited to get my hair cut. You know, you're, you're, you know, you're doing good. And, yeah, and blah blah blah. Like, yeah, pleasure to meet you. Thank you for you know requesting me. Pull up the comb. First thing I didn't notice, but I guess a drop from my comb from the water flew in the dude's eye. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, really embarrassing. Well, I didn't know that. I just go to start combing his hair. I'm starting yeah. at the bottom. All of a sudden, I see this guy, a little tear here, a little tear there. He's rubbing his eyes. And I just thought he got a hair in his eye or something. And then I end up looking, and this guy, after 10 minutes, he's like literally like crying. Tears are flowing out. And I'm like, you okay, bro? Is everything all right? You know, what's what's going on? You're he's such like, a good barber. You're yeah. making him cry. I'm like, no. I'm like, what's, what's happened? Did I say something? Or he's just like... Uh, I think you got some stuff in my. I'm like, what? Like, did I spray you or some yeah. of the hair? And he's like, no, some of that blue the juice. Oh, I'm man. like, oh my god, why didn't you say anything? He's like, I didn't know if I, you know, got a hair and it just really started burning. I'm like, go, please, go, 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 uh. go. He goes, washes his face out. He comes back like 15 minutes later. He's like, I felt like I just got maced right now. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> oh, this no. is embarrassing. I'm already running late. My next client's already here. Yeah. I still got to finish this guy's half a haircut yeah. while he has red eyes and he's still crying. I am giving him the haircut on the house. It was a very, very well lesson learned. Yeah. I never, that never happened again. I'm blow drying my combs from, every, <laughs> from here on out, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, sad to say, I, I don't think I ever saw that guy again. <laughs> but, hey, you know, yeah. rookie mistakes. Yeah. Rookie mistakes. Anything can happen. And yeah. that was, you know, I promise you it's never happened again. But yeah. that's an embarrassing, somewhat funny story, I guess. Yeah. Uh, not too funny for that client. He got a good haircut. <laughs> yeah, that's he right. He just may have walked out with an iPad. His hair did look you know? great, though, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> All right. And there it is. Joe, what, Joe, my brother, what did you think of the interview with Joe the Barber? Yeah, so something I was hoping would stand out from the interview, which I got just from the couple of hours that I spent with him, is just like how much of a good hang he is. Yeah. Um, this is a guy who like I understand why you look forward to getting your hair, uh, getting your hair cut. Yeah. And do you do a haircut and a shave every time you see him? Not every time, uh, but it if I don't, it's only because it's like time sensitive because he really is tough to book. And so there's times where I have to book him when I don't have like a totally free day. There's even been times I booked him during the school day when I have like an open block and I just hurry over there and tell him just do the hair this time. Even then he'll still like line up my beard and stuff. So he always does a great job, but yeah, I guess I didn't really mention that on the interview is that he's a fun hang in like, it's, it's a good, cut also because of the conversation and like i get along with him really well yes it was it certainly wasn't 
the highlight of your wedding day, but it was a highlight. <laughs> it was yeah, a, it, it was, was just a really good time hanging out there. And as as we said, we ate some hot chicken afterwards. It was mm-hmm. it was a, it was a vibe, as as the kids, <laughs> as the kids say. Yeah, sure. it was a good time. Um, I, I as I was listening, I was wondering like, has the education system, at least the his high school experience kind of failed him a little bit because this was a guy who obviously has a lot of drive, a lot of passion when he finds that niche for him. And I, I was almost like heartbroken listening to this guy. Like even when he was at his trade school, it's like, I want to learn. Right. And are, should we, especially at, at the high school level, can we be doing more for, I don't know, people who want to go into welding, who want to go and do, I don't know, HVAC, the, yeah. a lot more hands-on careers. Can we be doing more for them? Yeah, I mean, on multiple levels. I think one is in any area you see, if the teachers are not passionate, it's going to be hard for the students to be passionate. And I right. think Joe is Joe the Barber is an outstanding exception because he had that drive naturally which is a credit to him. But you think about people who maybe don't have that drive naturally and who maybe could, the seed could be planted, so to speak, by their teachers. And just if you if the teachers don't have it, you're going to just create this cycle of like students not interested, teachers not interested, student doesn't, you know, pursue anything worthwhile. As to the, the trade school part, I think that's also true. I mean, you know, we didn't really have those instincts, but there's certainly a lot of people and especially men who do and I think, you know, education, quote unquote, as we see it today, is moving away from those practical skills into soft skills, which are needed. But I think it is worth kind of recalibrating and thinking about are there ways to hone these practical skills as well? Do we need more trade schools or do we need to offer more trade classes? that that allow people to kind of get into their niche a little bit more. Yeah. And if we did choose to go down that track, fortunately the high school we were at really provided a lot of different opportunities. It did. Um, like we had, we even had a, a day in middle school where we just went to some of the different um, career paths that we could look into. And there were, there were opportunities for welding, uh, computer design, all these different options. And not to mention farming. Yes. Yeah. The uh, FFA program was strong in uh, St. Mary's to save yeah. Seeing those tractors parked in the parking lot <laughs> on uh, FFA week was yeah. something else. But yeah, and, and a lot of the times like these careers are looked down upon, but it's what makes the country go and they're good paying jobs. And, and like as much as I love to see the arts uh emphasized and and stem programs these these are or these these trade programs need yeah. to be emphasized and yeah. it's it's going to pay dividends in the future and you're right it i think they're not they're not looked highly upon but also i don't know if people know that they're good paying jobs i didn't until i saw some you know some books have come out talking about especially for boys, like, you know, how they are sometimes without a purpose in life. And one of the reasons is because there's been this drop and 
people don't realize or or people who are in these fields are saying like i'm looking to hire people and you can make you know huge sums of money can sit you know right out of trade school considering the kinds of money you can make coming out of college in in more i don't know soft skill fields or whatever um you can make a lot more like as an engineer as an electrician that kind of thing and it's funny also that you know stem has become such a big thing now you know the e is engineering so a lot of these are engineering adjacent and i don't know like it's funny that that that's kind of dropped off even though it is a part of engineering in a lot of ways like electrical engineering or mechanical engineering i completely agree but you're right i mean our school i think maybe because it was like small actually because it was small town midwest i mean you might don't not think of that as the most like progressive place but it was more open to the fact that a lot of people are not going to are not interested in the traditional college path. They want to get right into, you know, whatever it is. And and we provide those skills versus I think maybe the trends tend to go based on the big cities and the coasts. And maybe there, there's not the culture of farming or they're not, not, there's not the culture of, you know, going to work at a, as a welder or things like that. So I, I don't know, in this case, you know, can the, can rural Midwest save the country? I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe it's been saving the country for... <laughs> That's right. Forever. Yeah. Midwest. Great place to live. Yeah. What did you think about his questions about teaching overall? I think what's when you get into the nuances of any career that you're not involved in, you're going to realize like... Because like he he was like in awe of... It, it almost seemed like he was in awe that so anybody could do what we do. And I feel like well, I'm I think he was awe. in on me of me specifically. Right, right, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I find myself in awe of anybody in like any other career that I'm not yeah. involved in. Yeah, totally. Um, so it, it it can feel like to to somebody else that like we're doing like 20 things at the same time and right. processing those different things. But I think it's just like anything. Once when you start to get the hang of it. You, you get a feel for it. Uh, something else I, I also noticed, and I noticed this when we had our other career day, when we had um, when we had our cousin Saji on, is how much difference there is between like the education you need for the career versus the actual work yes. itself. Yeah. And, and Joe talked about how like when I went to barber school, we didn't actually cut hair. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's kind of a theme that I'm noticing in these career days that we've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's a problem because I mean, obviously Stagy's made it as a nurse. Joe has made it as a barber, but I think especially Joe was hinting, I think, well, he talked about just having a more focused school. If he could make his own, he didn't necessarily say he would like make teaching cutting part of it. I think for him, well, he he thought it was a big deal to pass the exam, which obviously it is to get certified. Yeah. Should the certification change somewhat? Maybe, but I think the fact that part of the certification is needing to cut seven seven hundred and fifty people's hair, it's kind of saying like, look, by seven hundred fifty, it's almost a ten thousand hours theory, right? That yeah. by seven fifty, you're going to get there. So we don't need to like try to teach that in a classroom. And maybe they actually have stumbled upon something, which is sometimes doing it, doing the thing practically is the, a better teacher than just telling you, all right, you take the hair and then you snip it, you know, 
and, and try to talk you through it. Like I let them go out there and do it. As I was listening, I was curious about, he mentioned it a little bit, but the different techniques and cutting different types of hair. Mm-hmm. And I wonder like, is, does the clientele like kind of naturally figure out which barbers to go to because they know like who the other type of clientele is? Yeah. I mean, I think in Joe's case, he was probably, I would guess he got to try a different, a lot of kinds of hair being out in California where he was sure. versus like, yeah, if you're in a, some rural place, you may not get as much diversity there. I, I mean, I think it's kind of like anything. If if you go to your barber, if you go to a random barber and they do a good job, you're, you're going to go back. You're going to trust them to to handle your hair versus, you know, if your hair's a little bit different, you go to someone and they don't really, they maybe express like not knowing what to do or they try something and it doesn't work out great. I mean, I know with Joe, he he had things to say about my hair when I talked about what kind of haircut I wanted. So that also helped me feel good. Not only was he letting me make decisions, but he gave me suggestions and seemed very confident about, you know, what was going on with my hair. So not that my hair is the the craziest or anything, but it felt good to know like he could, because I don't know, to me, like, I don't really get how hair works in some ways. So to, you know, for him to feel so under control with it, I like that. Yeah, when he was mentioning the different angles you have to go at to like shave hair and stuff like that, right. that, was, that was beyond me. <laughs> I, I also I also get like completely lost when they tell me that like there are layers to hair when girls are getting their hair cut. Yes, like, the layers. They, they just cut layers. I'm like, what? No, you you just cut hair, right? That's that's the only way I see it. So like, you make me feel better about not knowing that either. <laughs> Yeah, when, I'm like, where I, did it all go? What do you mean another layer? It's just hair. It's just there. <laughs> exactly. Where did, you know, where there's like, I don't know, when they fold it over. It looks like they fold it over. That's not the right term. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> is it hiding? It's behind the ear somewhere. So we're not going into barber school, Jamil? Yeah, I think that's the that's the biggest takeaway. Right. So, and he told us our funny story. So if you want, we can move right on to trivia. Let's go to the trivia. This might be a first. Chat GPT is getting stale. Uh, it's a repeat. And what is the smallest planet in our solar system? I'm gonna have to look up another. Yeah, yeah. Say, say, give me a new one or give me a different one. I'm not gonna take it. I'm not gonna take the win that way. I'm gonna earn it. Okay. Dang it. <laughs> I know this one, and that means that you probably know it. Uh oh. What is the capital of Australia? Canberra. Yeah, that's it. All right. The streak continues. Now, and for the record, I offered Joe a different chat uh, trivia location because he gets these conspiracy theories. But he wants to stick with ChatGPT, and so you will stick with the results of the losing streak as well. Yes, I will. All right. Enjoy another LaCroix, Joe. Yep. Well, that's great. You've done a you've done a great job. Thanks so much for being no, on no. the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. Um, the way we sign off our podcast is we say learn them good. So as our last line, as our guest, you get to say that. Learn them good. <laughs> All right, thanks. See you, everybody.
there was one time he came in an hour late to class and he came in, he's like, sorry guys, I'm hungover right now. I'm like, I'd like to be hungover right now. I would have liked to come in an hour late. Oh, that's that normal though. I do that every Monday. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. That's not a normal teacher thing. You know? Yeah, Yikes. so I'm like, man, you know, like I've been sitting here with my thumb up my butt waiting for you, you know? But yeah, um, yeah so th- those were like the situations that yeah. was very...